This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Genesis chapter 50, and this is the last Bible study in the book of Genesis. It is an accomplishment, a milestone, and all this grew out of uh, the pandemic and our having to be alone at home and me wanting to make sure that especially people in my church heard the word of God regularly. And we started with the book of Psalms, wanting to be a source of encouragement and a source of strength. And Psalms is one of those books that you can gain a lot of encouragement and strength from. And then after finishing the 150 Psalms, we moved to the book of Genesis. And Genesis is where we where we are studying today. And it is it has been a great book. It is the it is the preeminent book of the Old Testament because it starts everything. And it is a powerful book because it is so relatable to our lives. So much from chapter one all the way to chapter 50, we can take and touch on the things that are going on even in our day. It is relevant and it is powerful. And that has always been my view of scripture anyway, is that scripture is relevant for you in the moment you live in. And if you study God's word, he is always going to be bringing that about in your life because you can see the depths and the breadth by which God wants to teach you, lead you, grow you, and you can see God at work in time immemorial. immemorial. The book of Genesis was written well over 3,000 years ago, and it is absolutely powerful and relevant for the individual life today. And I love the book of Genesis. I've loved, loved it since I was a little boy. That being said, in the modern day church setting where you meet maybe twice a week and that that opportunity to actually study in depth through some of the large books of the Old Testament is difficult. It's very difficult to go through it. I've been preaching through the book of Mark on Sunday morning since we began as a church and I am just now getting two thirds of the way through after two and a half years. And so can you can imagine if you preach through the book of Genesis or you preach through the book of uh, Psalms, you would spend years and years preaching through it and you would not be able to deal with a lot of other issues that people need to have dealt with and especially deal with Jesus himself a lot. And that's why we focus on Sunday morning on Jesus. And then we allow ourselves to understand and see Jesus's manifestation Throughout the Old Testament, God revealing and unveiling his plan for man through Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. And so now this tool has given us that opportunity, and I'm excited, and I've always been excited to do that. Uh, We're finishing the book of Genesis today, and we're in verse 22 of chapter 50, and it says, So Joseph dwelt in Egypt, and sometimes God just places us places that we don't 
think we're going to end up being. We had never imagined that's the place where we're going to end up making our home. And uh, Joseph clearly is a picture of Christ. He's a type of Christ, and he makes his home in Egypt. And uh, that's what the Bible says about Jesus. That's what uh, the great passage in Ephesians 2 says, that he humbled himself and became a man. He made his home with us. He wanted to dwell with us. And, you know, the Lord of glory, whose natural place you would think would be heaven, the Lord of glory makes his dwelling place with us. And what a powerful understanding that the type of Christ in the Old Testament in Genesis uh, is making his home in Egypt and Jesus made his home or made his dwelling place with us. He pitched his tent with us. It says he and his father's household did. And Joseph lived 110 years. Joseph saw Ephraim's children to the third generation, which means he saw his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, and his great-great-grandchildren. And that is a powerful lesson that God God wants us to be in the business of building family. He wants us to be in the business of investing in the family. So many times we spend our lives investing in ourselves once we become child-bearing age and we do not invest in our children. And the truth is that as you get to my age, and we celebrated my 50th birthday at the church yesterday. I was not expecting that, but it was very powerful and very wonderful for them to do that for me. That being said, when you get to my age, what matters the most is family, and it's going to matter the most, and it always has mattered the most. And you're going to see that the value of other things begins to diminish, and the value of those who are part of you and your family will matter a great deal. So if you're young, invest in the things that are going to matter the most when you get older. And they're going to matter the most for the longest period of time, too. And Joseph is a family man. You're going to see a euphemism used here that is that is very important. It says, the children of Machir, the, Kir, the son of Manasseh, were also brought up on Joseph's knee. What does that mean? That means that Joseph brought up his sons on his knee and then he brought up he brought up his grandsons and his great grandsons on his knee what does that mean he was a patriarch in every possible way he was a man who invested in his grandchildren he spent time uh he spent time and effort making them into the men and women that they were supposed to be in life and that is really what it is really all about i can't say this more then I'm saying it in this moment. It is what life is all about. And that's why ordering society around those principles and those understandings is important. Even from a, if you came from it from a non-Christian perspective, the whole way we propagate and build societies is through this unit called the family. And to mess with that unit and to work to alter it in ways that you in the modern day times think that it ought to be, is foolishness. It is a lack of understanding of history, and it's a lack of understanding of, well, biology, because there's a reason why we do a lot of things we do. And we eat with our mouths because our mouths are the things that God has given us to eat with. And we didn't try to figure out another way to take nourishment, say, through our veins or something like that. Although that's possible, although that's a possibility, we continue to take in most of our nourishment through our mouth. Why? Because that's the way God made us to be. That's the way, that's the way our biology teaches us. And in and even from a non-religious perspective, that's the biological 
most efficient and effective way of eating food. And in all actuality, you miss out on some of the things that you need when you take food into your veins and parts of your body begin to decline because of that. Eating through your veins is not the best way to take in nourishment. It's not the most effective way. The most effective way to, to make sure we have oxygen in our blood is to breathe. And using our lungs is important now. Can we, can we oxygenate blood in other ways? Sure we can. But the most effective and the most powerful way to do that is to breathe. The most effective and most powerful way to build societies is through, is through the families. It's having strong families with fathers and mothers and children being raised and being loved and being taught what is right and wrong and taught headed in the right direction. And that's what, that's what has been going on for millennia past. And as we've, as we move through society, we realize that the family is the most important organizing unit in society. And if we begin to tear that down, we ultimately begin to destroy ourselves. And many societies have done that. And many societies have crashed because of it. I think of, I think of some of the radical ways in which that's happened. Paul Potts rule over Cambodia and his total destruction of the family and total destruction of that unit ultimately ended in there having to be the nations around them come in and totally destroy that society, totally destroy all those who were involved in it because they just couldn't afford that cancer to continue around them. And the book, The Killing Fields, will explain that if you want to know about that. There, there is a way God has made us to do life the best. And the primary unit in which life is done its best is in the family. Now, the second gift God gave us was obviously the gift of community with believers, with those who, who know God and chase after God. And then the final one is government. The final one is where we all, as different families and as different communities, come together under one leadership structure in government. And that is the least of the important ones, not the most of the important ones. And the most important is always the family. And I love that as Joseph's life's being summed up here at the end of the book of Genesis, as we head to a place where we're going to see move on past him and move on past, move on to the great story of history in Exodus, we see that the main thing is not that Joseph was second in charge of Egypt. We see that the main thing is not that Joseph attained to a lot of wealth. And the most important thing is not that Joseph had gained a lot of power and influence. The most important thing for Joseph was is that he was a family man. That he was a father. He was a grandfather, great-grandfather, and that he, he helped to build the generations that came after him. It says, and Joseph said to his brethren, I am dying, but God will surely visit you. Notice his thoughts on what is going to happen when he dies is not to himself. He already knows what's going to happen. And men and women of faith who walk with God and who invest in the lives of others and the lives of their family, they know where they're going and they're not concerned about that. At the end, he says, I am dying, but God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land to the land of which he swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Notice he, he's not dealing with the land he's in where he's gained power and influence and trying to hold on to it. He's telling his children, his great-grandchildren, he's telling the generations to come that you need to hold on not to me, not to what I've built, 
not to the power and influence that I've had, I've made. You need to hold on to the promises of God that have been made to those before you and that are being fulfilled in your life today. Hold on to the promises of God. Hold on to the things God has been working for millennia past. Hold on to the life that works very the very best, and that is the life lived with God. And that's a life instructed uh, in, that is instructed by God's word and God's revelation. He said, the land which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph took an oath from the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. <clears throat> Notice, he doesn't tell them to take him back to Israel and uh, be buried there. What does he tell them? He says, when you leave here, as you are, take my bones with you. And they will. They'll, that's going to happen. We'll see that, I guess, in the next year or so. We'll see his bones being carried out of Egypt. Just he swore, he had them swear to him that they would do. But notice, they're swearing not only that they're going to take his bones with them, they're swearing that they're going to leave Egypt and they're going to go to the promised land. They're going to go, they're going to go fulfill the promises and the purposes of God for this people. And I can't overemphasize how much that Joseph is purposefully being a type of Christ. He cares more about the plan and the promises of God than the finished work that he has done as a man on the earth. He says, then Joseph took an oath from the children of Israel saying, God will surely visit you. Notice God's coming. He's going to have a relationship with you also. God's going to reach down and touch you. He said, God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died being 110 years old and they embalmed him and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Notice he was not put in a tomb where they'd have to dig him out. He was put in a coffin and he was kept for the journey back to the promised land. Wow. A lot of times we don't see all the great things that God has for our family in the future. We never live out the ultimate, live out those things and see those things in their fullness and their fulfillment. But I will say this, when you walk in faith and you when you walk in anointing, that anointing carries on. It's carried on in the vessels that are, not, that are around you. It's carried on in the people that you put that investment in and it's carried on in your family. And when we understand that and we understand that God's at work doing that all the time, when we see God's hand at work doing that all the time, let me say this, you cannot and you will not, you will not miss out on God's best. And knowing that, understanding that your investment, God is continuing to draw dividends off of it. He's continuing to get, to get that interest from you and how you've invested your life, how you've pushed your life into the very best. You continuing to do that is a powerful and is a strong encouragement to continue on as you are today. And I would pray that as we prepare for a new journey, it's, it seems like a transition here at the church in all kinds of ways. Well, on Wednesday night, we're going to be starting the book of Daniel next week. I thought we were going to start last night, but uh, we had my birthday party. So we'll be starting next week. We'll be starting both, both Exodus and the book of Daniel. And of course, on Sunday morning, we'll be celebrating the life of Jesus Christ in the book of Mark. And wow, what, a, what an opportunity to move toward building something for the future, building something for our families and our generations to come, building a life that makes a difference in the world that we live in. And not only that, 
a life mainly that glorifies God, a life glorifying God by faith. May God bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he give you hope and peace as you go today. In Jesus' name, amen. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.